Welcome to the BPM cast. It is March 8th, 2012. My name is Will Ryan. Uh, here today is uh, Rob Hykimian. Hello. Uh, Sean Hyken. Hey, guys. And uh, Eric Berg. Hey, guys. What's up? So I think uh, just just to put it out there, I think Phil has quit the podcast. Well, he got a new job. Uh, and then that job fell through, and he has, I don't know what's going on with him. Oh, really? I haven't, I haven't, I haven't heard about him. this at all. I haven't seen him for a week. He got a new job, which is why he was going to quit the podcast, because he was going to be working when we do this. But now the job mysteriously didn't happen, and he hasn't told me why. I haven't seen him for a week, so I don't know. I don't know where he is. <laughs> I, so, I message Phil, and I text Phil, and I say that I miss him, and that I love him dearly. Like a father figure, but he never responds. That's a little disconcerting. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I guess that puts puts all the. That, I don't know. Who knows what could happen now? He guess we'll just bring week. Zach back. What kind of new job did he get? Is it a writing job or is it just like a? It was managing a website for someone or other. Oh, cool. Well, so is he? He's he's still. <laughs> He's, we, he's still writing for us, though, right? He's still... Yeah, but he hasn't been on as much. Well, good for him getting a new job. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying, get, I'm trying to get promoted into Phil's spot. You can have Phil's spot. Everybody right vote. Right here in can the I, podcast. Can I have All it? All right, here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, an inside look at the BPM uh, internal oh hiring God, process guys. right on the podcast. Can I have it? Yeah, you can have it. It's as simple as that. You don't know how hard I worked for it. I'm going to text Phil right now and say he's fired and I took his place. Um, his, his, <laughs> his last gasp was uh, that, that Perfume Genius album that he, he liked so much. Well, he's written a review for Bowerbirds, which we're going to publish tonight. Uh, nope. Let him go out on top. While he's ahead. <laughs> no, he likes that Bowers Birds album, right? Yeah, definitely. It's amazing. I haven't listened to it yet. I anyway, uh, news. We were kind of scrambling. We don't know what we're going to talk about for news, but some stuff happened. Uh, Sean, why don't why don't you kick it off with the the thing you're so excited about? Well, I feel like we sort of have to talk about the biggest news of uh in rock music of 1999 which is that uh venerated uh new metal legend limp biscuit have signed with little wayne's uh young money record label and birdman when asked about how this happened uh i'm gonna i'm gonna read this quote to you from him uh fred reached out to us bruh it was weird how it happened. I was like, Stunna, what's good? And he was like, what's poppin' five? Fred said, I want to join the team. Whoa, for real? He didn't have to say it twice. I was already a fan of him. Man, I wonder I wonder if they like put time into uh, if that was like a, a very prepared press release or if that was just, you know what I mean? <laughs> I want to be a fly on the wall. Somehow I can totally imagine uh, Fred Durst addressing uh, – Birdman by saying "Stunna, what's good?" and uh, Birdman responding "What's poppin' five? <laughs> I don't know <laughs> where the five comes five? in. I don't. I don't even know what to say. Uh, I have no opinions. Um, wasn't basically little, what, 
th- th- it kind of shocks me that Limbiscuit still plans to put out more music. They put out an album last year, man. Yeah, I know, and that was like a sh- like no one cared. So <laughs> no one I, cared, and and everyone who covered it, you know, said exactly what I think the general consensus was without even hearing it, which was you know Limbiscuit. Yeah. Uh. Is garbage, I guess. Um, I think I speak for all of us when I say I'm just really excited for the Limp Biscuit dubstep album featuring Little Wayne. <laughs> well, it was that sort of didn't Corn already beat them to that? That's what I well I mean, but that yeah, but that seems like the next logical step. Like if they're if they're that desperate, they're probably just going to put out a dubstep album. I to heard me, didn't, didn't Cypress Hill put out a dubstep album? I thought I read that somewhere. That's kind of that to me. Like dubstep is the uh, is the uh, the the it's kind beneficiary of, the of of new metal and like you know that era of like hardcore and that's essentially it, it's it's a fitting kind of evolution of that type of music. I think you know same audience, same uh, uh, type of outlet, I guess, or same type of energy, like really forced. And manic, I guess. Um, so fitting, I guess. But also, didn't uh, Lil Wayne put out a new metal album? I don't. I don't. Yeah, he did. I listened to it, and I actually reviewed it on the website. I think. I think the fourteen percent review that I gave it is the lowest score in the history of BPM. Maybe Lutalica got lower, but I know I gave that like a four, thirteen or fourteen percent. It's the lowest on Metacritic too, which I'm really happy about. Lowest yeah, ever. It's- it's definitely the no. lowest. Is it lower, is it lower than Kevin Federline's album? Because that was the lowest one for a while. No, no, I'm not saying lowest ever. I'm just saying if you go to that album, ours is the lowest. Oh, I seriously, yeah. We should be proud of that. Um. So is this kind of fitting for? I don't. I have. Man, I don't have anything to say about this because I mean, like, what is Young Money? Like, it's the who else is on Young Money? Does Drake, Drake? Nicki Minaj, Tyga. Uh... So like. It's basically, little, it's basically like anyone who's like in Little Wayne's uh, circle. Do you th- so? <laughs> this is this is uh, this tarnish. This puts kind of the. Do you think Drake will go go somewhere else after after this? Do you think it's that type of deal? I want, what I want to know is if Drake ever collaborates with Limp Bizkit. If he ever has to rap alongside Fred Durst, will that continue his streak of? Every single time being outdone by a rapper that's also on a track with him because I feel like I feel like that could go either way. <laughs> it's old, a pretty tight tight battle. How old is uh, Fred Durst now? He's got to be in his like mid thirties. I don't know. Oh uh, no, he's probably forty by now. Yeah, uh, I'm going to look it up. Any final any final guesses before I look it up? Thirty nine. Yeah, I'll forty forty one. I'll say late thirties. Um. Eric has got it spawn forty one. Eric, right. you knew that already. You're you're a <laughs> fan of Shout out Fred Durst, <laughs> midlife crisis getting in with Little Wayne. Hey guys, whatever happened to Monkey? Do you guys know What's that uh, Fred Durst is like a a, a film director? Like, yeah, yeah, I've I've heard yeah. that he actually is not terrible as a, like like a B movie. Yeah, horror the uh, no, he he directed uh, the Education of Charlie Banks. I think it's called with Jesse Eisenberg. It's I've like, seen that. It's like a coming of age. No way. He directed that? Yeah. I, um, I saw that movie in the theaters. Yeah, isn't that really strange? Oh, man. Unless I'm just like, 
you know, I, Yeah, that, I can, that came out, like, right after Juno, and it tried to be, like, a Juno clone. And then he went on to direct, uh, that, I, that Ice Cube, uh... Wait, Fred Durst, so Fred Durst directed... Cause I feel like he mostly directs, like, horror, like, like, bad horror movies. No, like, he... Zombie? He does serious. I thought he serious. was only, he's, be like Rob Zombie with that. He's only directed two features, The Education of Charlie Banks and The Long Shots. Huh. Also, The House of 2000 Corpses. And The Long Shots is That's... like a family comedy with, uh, with Ice Cube in it. <laughs> so, you know, going you on. This is the worst podcast ever. <laughs> Doesn't this. Tune it... in for our in depth discussion of Fred Durst's uh, <laughs> film career. <laughs> but it's 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 bizarre world almost like that you know we're discussing someone who's signed on to Young Money I don't know wait wait question on Fred Durst's Wikipedia page the picture of him is him without a hat and he's bald has he always been bald he's always been bald does he does, does he not is, he usually has like the the red Yankees hat that he wears back yeah I think this is the first picture I've ever seen with him without a hat does it, does it show does it show I'm not on his Wikipedia page does it show the tattoo that he has like on his chest of Elvis and Kurt Cobain <laughs> no it doesn't show that he looks so serious in that picture yeah he looks he looks esteemed or something well he's well he's he's a serious musician he sings about his teen angst and uh, growing up in the suburbs as a disillusioned uh, kid whose father built him a skate park there are some choice quotes on here that i do not want to repeat on the air all right that has to do with the beastie boys let's move, i think we should move on oh west borland not monkey was west borland's nickname monkey I, it wasn't monkey like somebody in corn <laughs> oh maybe that was the corn like is, is the one where like everybody has like like names like fieldy and uh head head is the one that found jesus right if i wikipedia monkey I don't Wait, know if it'll come up. Is the guitarist the guitarist name is Wes Borland? Yeah. Oh, that's so disappointing. The the BPM office where I live is on West Moreland Street, so I always thought it was named after Wes Moreland. I always thought that. I didn't think it was named I didn't think it was named after it, but I thought like it had the same name. Always made me think of the guitarist. Yeah. Anyway. Some festivals that Limp Biscuit are not playing have Which been announced. Top five? <laughs> yeah, yeah someone, Pitch, Pitchfork so, Festival. Yeah, so there were there were a couple of festival announcements since we last spoke with you guys, um, which was van, uh, the the Pitchfork Festival with Vampire Weekend and Feist and Godspeed probably headlining. I guess unless we think, you think they're. Do you think those are the three headliners? And I don't see why not. I mean, they're they're perfectly fine Pitchfork headliners. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You think back to a couple of years ago when they had Pavement and Modest Mouse. Sure. And sure. I guess who did they have last year? Fleet Foxes. So yeah, I mean those three are perfectly fine, I guess. But yeah. I don't know. They should be going trying to get the knife. It was supposed to be bringing out a new album this year, and they would be the perfect headliners for that festival because everyone would know them. Like you can't put them on a festival like Coachella headlining. I don't think enough people would know them. But at, Pitch, at Pitchfork, they'd be like yeah. the perfect. Thing. Yeah, I like the lineup. I think. I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's still it, only like they've only announced like twenty acts so far, right? Yeah, right. But it, it's yeah. I mean, it's pretty pitchforky, obviously. But I like you it. Can, you can basically lineup, pencil in anybody who's gotten bestie music in the past two months, right? <laughs> Some people think they give them bestie music to sell more, to sell more albums, sell more tickets. No, they absolutely do. I I, ha- I would say yes. It really seems that way year after year. 
it seems as though that's the trend. So you think Willis L. Beale is going to get Best New Music? Yes, I am on board with this conspiracy theory. That's a pretty, it's a pretty strange person to announce in the first batch. Just like a guy who doesn't even have an album out yet. Yeah. So, but it's, I don't a, know. But it's an artist they're trying to hype. I think, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, but last time we were on, we talked about Pitchfork, and then we talked about Forecastle Festival with Zach, who was on. And I think their line is because it's on the same weekend. I think their lineup is pretty good so far. Uh. They've got Flying Lotus, Beach House. Their headline is a Bass Nectar. I don't really care about Bass Nectar, but they've got My Morning Jacket and Wilco. And they've got Nico Case. Uh, they've got... Uh, what, I said Slave Bells. Did I? Should we thumbs got, up and thumbs down these? That worked well last time. <laughs> they've got Girl Talk, Andrew Bird, Dr. Dog. I mean, real estate? I'd much rather go to this festival than, than Pitchfork. Anywhere Flying Lotus is... Uh, anywhere, where vamp- anywhere where Vampire Weekend isn't one of the headliners. What's wrong <laughs> yeah. with Vampire Weekend? I don't like them. Yeah, yeah. they're really annoying. I agree. They're fine. But, yeah. but, yeah, those two should both be good festivals. Was there... There is... But, well, going back to Pitchfork Festival, the lineup they announced for their stage at Primavera Sound is better than their lineup yeah. for their festival at the moment. Yeah, yeah I mean, they better. got the weekend headlining. That's Yeah, the weekend, Atlas Sound... And a bunch of other good people, and their stage is like in the most. I went to P- Primavera Sound last year, and the Pitchfork stage is—it's like on the water. It's like the most—it's picturesque uh, stage ever. So that'll be amazing. It's too bad you're going again this year. Otherwise, you could hang out with me, Rob. I still don't know which one I'm going to. If I'm going to either of them, that's Sask- speaking. The- speaking of Sasquatch, and speaking of rival festivals on the same weekend. Um, Minneapolis's annual hip hop festival got announced. Soundset. Oh yeah. And that's, uh, the one, Atmos- that's the one where you met MF Doom, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Atmosphere is headlining as they do every single year, but they have a lot of really, really good acts. They have like Lupe Fiasco, who, I mean, yeah, I get a lot of people don't like him anymore, but whatever. But then they have Ghostface and Raekwon and Aesop Rock and Kendrick Lamar and Evidence and Danny Brown and Big Crit. So. There's a lot of there's a good mix of like mainstream stuff and then a lot of underground stuff too. And uh, Pickathon, what's that? Pickathon is in Portland, where I am. Well, it's like right outside of Portland. It's a camping festival. If you don't live here, but uh, yeah, I haven't gone to this before. I heard about it last year vaguely. Um, I don't know, but they announced the lineup this week, and uh, Nico Case. Yeah, is one of the headliners. I don't really know how many stages they have and how it's set up, but maybe. But you have Nico Case and Doctor Dog and Blitz and Trapper and Sunny and the Sunsets and Cass McCombs and Alila Diane and White Denim. Kind of just like you know, like more folky Northwestern kind of stuff. You have the Bowerbirds. Um, so yeah, I, I think it should be pretty fun. I'm hoping to go to this and cover it. So. Yeah. So Wait, which which one was what's it called? Pickathon. Where is it? It's outside of just outside of Portland. Sweet. On a on a farm. Yeah. L- listen to the podcast when it's out, and you'll and you'll know everything you need to know. Sean, <laughs> yeah. you have you heard of this before, Sean? I've heard of it. I've never gone. Yeah. So I guess uh, festival season is is pretty much upon us. 
Yeah, Coachella. Well, uh, South by South Southwest by next week, if that counts. Yeah, I'll be there. I think I'll be there too. What do you mean Weird. you think? You better be there. Yeah, no, I'm gonna be there. Um, yeah, what else? What else is going on in news? Um, Atlas Atlas Sound had frontman. No, let's not. <laughs> no, please. we're not talking about his, this. His head exploded, and then the internet exploded. He's like, not. At, he's not Atlas Sound frontman. He's Deer Hunter frontman. He oh, sorry, Atlas Deer Hunter frontman, Atlas Sound dude. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway. We're not talking about that anyway. No, Rob really wants to talk about it. It really upsets Rob. He has a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> Rob, hey, tell I, us I, what I you really think about this. the issue. I just want to know... I mean... Can, can someone just explain what happened to me? <laughs> like, just in the most basic mechanical terms? Because like, I have oh, no idea. I, I, I have a new story I want to discuss. It's a real new story. No, I'm about to break this shit down, Rob. I don't want to, like... Uh, I don't want to like. Uh... All right, let's let Eric break this down, and then we'll talk okay. about a real news story. Bradford Cox playing in Minneapolis as Atlas Sound. Guy in between song yells, "My Sharona!" Bradford Cox gets pissed, decides to say, "Oh, that's what you want," and all this stuff, and like taunting him basically. And he like told him to come up on stage and take his pants off. And I don't know if that happened or not, but that was part of the story. And then, basically, he played My Sharona for an hour. And then today he talked about it and said that it was his best performance ever. And, uh, yeah, basically he said he's he's punk rock now. He doesn't know what the fuck, quote-unquote, indie rock is. So, to hell with that, I guess. And part, scene. Part of me wants to bite into that but part of me really doesn't feel no i think i think you should trust the part of you that doesn't want okay. to bite into that okay you guys, this is how desperate we are to be relevant that that's kind of the, that, what that's i wanted to say headline two days in a row is that story what's your what's your uh a good news story rob oh granddaddy <laughs> are reuniting i don't know if any of you guys care about that anyone Man. care about that well i've been I've missed i like granddaddy. some granddaddy sounds too young uh, I, I think i'm too young for that Granddad, Granddaddy are great, and I'm excited they're reuniting. And they're playing End of the Road Festival. It's the only date they've announced so far, which is one of the best festivals in the UK. It's amazing. I might try and wangle away to go back there and see that if I have some money somehow. But, yeah, I'm just excited that Granddaddy are reunited because even though Jason Lytle says he's working on new solo material, so I'm guessing it's only going to be a few dates and then that's it. But I always wanted to see them live, uh, so I'm, I'm excited for that. And I'm sure some of our listeners out there are, I hope. Otherwise, go listen, go go get, download, buy, stream, whatever, a so- uh, the Software Slump, and listen to that album. How long have they been broken up for? Uh, five, six years. They broke up, broke up in 2005, but their last album came out in 2006. Hmm. Um, yeah, that'll be good. Um, yeah. Is that, is that it? For That's it. Oh wait, um, Myth by Beach House. Someone wanted oh, to mention that. Yeah, Myth by Beach House hit the internet quite late last night. Well, like ten ten p.m. my time, I think. Was, that, was it that late? Yeah, it was like it was like ten o'clock. Uh, which firstly, it's come up on a player that that has announced that the album name is uh, was it Bloom or something? 
anyway, that was the album name that was being thrown around when when the the, the album name and tracklist and release date came out, and then they denied it. But that's probably all true, and they just denied it for no reason. But anyway, everyone, literally every single person in my Twitter feed tweeted about that song. And I don't know when Beach House got so popular. Does anyone else? Yeah, Teen Dream blew them up. Was Teen Dream really that good? Yeah, it was. Great album. With, did it, do you think it's like it had a, a high violet kind of explosion effect? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think so. Like, as big as that? Maybe not as... Uh, yeah, I'd say as big as that. They were they were kind of doing it for a while there. I mean, I'm, I, I can't really speak... You totally. guys are crazy. What did you What did you think of the new song, Will? As I, haven't a fan? Li- I haven't listened to it yet. I mean, I I mean, I love Teen Dream a lot, uh, but if they're, but uh, Beach House isn't like I'm not going to die for them or anything. I'm not going to. Seems like a lot of people out there were even like I don't know. A lot of people were tweeting about it. Everyone was retweeting what's his name from Girls tweeted about it. Even and everyone was retweeting that. Everyone was going crazy. It's a big Beach House loving that I felt left out of because. I didn't what really did the like guy Beach from Girls say? He just said Beach House Forever, and everyone retweeted. Oh, God damn it. Wait, Eric, what? <laughs> God, it's the worst job on the world. I don't I don't want to do this anymore, guys. <laughs> why? You didn't like Teen Dream? Teen Dream's fine. I don't know why. I have no idea. Okay, so there are bands people like that I understand why people like them, and... I understand why they're big, but I don't like them. Like, the Flaming Lips. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I don't get Beach House at, at all. They're so boring. They're so boring. I've listened to Teen Dream. I just listened to the new song last night when it came out. I listened to it twice, actually. Once for myself, and then once because Phil made me listen to it. Rest in peace, Phil. But um, <laughs> it's so boring. It doesn't sound like it, it's not enjoyable at all. I don't know. The new song's okay. I actually kind of liked it. I didn't think it was amazing. Well, can I? I'll, okay. I'll defend Teen Dream. I think it, it's really. I mean, it's just really well-written pop songs and really, you know, uh, like precise melodies and and really sort of great-sounding instrumentation. And and I mean, I I I love that album for the for the subtlety of the drums and I don't know. It's it's just a really great album. It's worth. I don't know. It's just good like i don't it's, I it's think, not gonna set the world on fire like i get why you're con- you're kind of saying it's I but, think, here's I think, but here's the thing it no, did no, no, set wait, the wait, world wait. on fire last night right it did set the world yeah on fire last exactly that's what i was gonna say the the new album is gonna set the world on fire regardless of quality if anything if, if last night is anything to judge by people are just gonna fall our head over heels for it yeah which is cool i mean if people it's cool for them they seem like nice people but i mean I don't know. I don't know why I'm complaining. Like I'm just nice being grumpy. I'm just I'm just being grumpy. I don't like Beach House. Yeah. I'm being grumpy too cuz I also don't like them. <laughs> we don't get it. We don't get it, Eric. I don't. Have I'm you, sorry. Have you listened to those older albums? Devotion. Uh, I I listened to the one with the pearls on the cover. What's the name of that one? That's Beach House. That's the first I've heard the one. Devotion is really boring. Like really really boring. Uh, it just I think Teen I think, Dream has some okay songs. I I think you kind of it's it's you you really have to like the kind of the, the sound of it. Like you have to like you know if if you're impatient if you, if you want you know pop songs that are really you know in your up, like really immediate and accessible. I think it's going to be boring. But I think if you like 
you know, a, a Stratocaster doing like really plucky melodies and and organ, then you're gonna you're gonna like you're gonna like it. I think. Yeah. Well, I actually think this new song "Myth" is probably my favorite song I've heard of this. I actually do like it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. I'm actually surprised that you don't like it, Rob. Like, don't like Beach House? Yeah. I mean, especially a, Teen a lot Dream. of people are surprised that I don't like Beach House. Yeah. I, don't I mean. Know. I think it's because I experienced a tor- I had a tortuous experience when I saw them opening for Fleet Foxes. I was they're, dying on my because f- they were so boring. Yeah, they're not great live. They don't translate well live. I don't think. And, yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. There's. It's not like you can. You can't get too riled up about Beach House. They're pretty innocuous, but I think their music. But they're not though. I mean, in terms of their music. Well, like, sure, but. It's hard not to get riled up when you see when you understand that they're boring and innocuous. And then all these people just all these people just go crazy for them. I don't get it. It's melody, man. It's melody. It's it's accessible music. I think it's like like these really like lovelorn kind of songs, pop songs. I don't know. They're really. I simple. don't know. I don't know, man. Crazy times, crazy world. Um, all right, I guess we'll we'll talk we'll talk about that album when it when it arrives. I guess we can we can indeed de- we can deconstruct the the mythos of Beach House or whatever we do on here. We'll just bring out our grumpiness again. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about what we've been listening to. Um. Rob, what have you been listening to? Oh, too much. This week has got all the best albums ever, but it has my favorite album of the year so far, <laughs> which is which is uh, Open Your Heart by The Man. Uh, which is their third album, I believe, um, following quickly on the heels of last year's Leave Home, which was... Um, this is a pretty minor breakthrough for them, but I think this could be big. Don't you guys think this could be a big breakthrough for them? It's it's way it's more streamlined and uh, catchier, and I don't see any reason why anyone wouldn't like it. Yeah, all of those things. I it's, thought Leaf yeah. Home was really dope. I like that album, but uh, yeah, I probably <laughs> that. I probably like Leaf Home better, uh, but I think this album is like like you said, all of those things like more. It's going to be more accessible to people who don't like noise rock and people like screaming and stuff like that. I mean, even though there is still screaming and uh, it's it's entry level screaming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but the thing, the cool thing, because like before this album came out, they were talking a lot about how they kind of softened up their sound and like like their the album's called Open Your Heart. The cover has like a flower on it, and then. That kind of, like, made me go, like, what are they doing? But then, you know, it's still kind of hard as fuck. Like, they don't sacrifice any amount of, I don't know, heaviness or rock, like, edge or whatever you want to call it. With, I, with I think one. some of the some of the guitar parts are a lot less dissonant than the old ones. Than, than the older ones. I don't know. Yeah, but it's still, like, like And did they really even have, they've got a lot nice vocal harmonies on this in places Did they even have that on leave home i'm not sure yeah well the first the first track on there was sort of more uh more i don't know like softer i mean they're pretty diverse they do they do a bunch of different 
They don't just stick to yeah. one type of song. And one of one of the other things I love about this album is the sequencing is so good. Like playing it front to back, it's just like a dream to go through. Like they, I think they've they've got a perfect mix of everything and they've set it out so well. Like the like that run of uh, oscillation into please don't go away. Like the please don't go away is like the the dream pop. No, not like the shoegaze almost song. Of the, and it's right in the middle. It's like a refresher between between uh between oscillation and 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 uh open your heart and then after after those three back to back completely kill it then they bring on candy which is like the one acoustic song and then the last three completely smash your face in all over again it's amazing yeah i, I agree with you. uh it reminds me of uh uh boris's pink album a little bit with how diverse it is in the sequencing it's, it's sort of similar to that um yeah, I, I, I like it a lot. Um, I'm, I'm excited to catch them live whenever I get the chance, hopefully next week. Yeah, they're at South by Southwest. If, um, I, if I had my way, I'd, I'd like them to play the new album through from start to finish and then do some more songs. Or just do the old, this album, I don't care. Do you, what do, I don't really like country songs that much. That's country song's great in context of the album, I think. Uh... I don't know. I love the way it pans from side to side. I think it sounds great on headphones. But yeah, it's it's probably the least memorable song on here. But I think it sounds fantastic, even if it's like not a very interesting song. What's your favorite track? We were we were discussing this. We couldn't decide. Uh, if I'm gonna tell someone to go out and listen to one track from it to convince them, I'd say the title track, "Open Your Heart," because I, yeah, I, I don't think there's a that. I don't think there's like a more efficient song released this year. I don't know what I, if you know what I mean. I just think they get so much done inside four minutes. It I, sounds like six minutes. That was the single, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the first single. Yeah. Yeah, I I love Animal. Uh, for it's it's awesome how he you know the lead singer screaming, but then they have these like really wispy backing vocals. Yeah, I love that. It's it's a really cool uh, sort of humorous kind of contrast. It's great. Yeah. I think I can't really pick a, a single song from it because, as I said, the the sequencing is so good. I'd rather just listen to the whole thing in one go than uh, pick out a single song. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on with the sequencing. It's, it is really good. And uh, John Blistein mentioned the sequencing as well in his review for us. Uh, so, yeah, go read that. It was a good review. Eric, did you listen to this? Yeah, only a couple times, and right when we got the promo. So it's been... Um... Been a while. It's been a couple weeks, but um, I quite liked it. I quite liked the men, but it was around. I got I got it around the time I had gotten a bunch of different things, so it's kind of just got lost in the shuffle. But I liked it. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. We've gotten a couple albums this year that have been like really kind of rock centric. Yeah, um, and and a lot of people have gotten behind them. Like Cloud I Nothings. saw them. I saw them not that long ago. I saw them like four months ago here in Portland at this tiny little dive bar. It was pretty amazing. This is like one of the loudest shows I've ever heard. Yeah, but. they're they're coming to Burlington pretty soon, and they're playing at this tiny, tiny place. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like they, you know, have any delusions of grandeur. I mean, they just they seem like a really, you know, hardworking band just doing it. And I don't know this kind of music, uh, sort of. I don't even know what you call it. Just like psychedelic, psychedelic rock, but like punk energy, like that. That isn't you know that kind of went away even in the underground um in the past couple of years so it's it's cool to see someone still doing it and 
kind of getting a lot of attention for it, I guess. Even though this kind of, you know, exists outside of that sort of, uh, those confines of that genre or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. What else? Uh, you listening to anything else? Yeah, The Magnetic Fields, Love at the Bottom of the Sea, which is another album we recommended this week. Um, I don't know what number Magnetic Fields album is. I don't, I... I've never really properly got into the Magnetic Fields. I enjoy 69 Love Songs and I enjoy the 2004 album I a lot, but I've never, and I've listened to, I've probably listened to all of their albums like once each, but I've never massively got into them, but, uh, I got the promo for this, so I thought I'd listen to it a bit. And first time through, I absolutely hated it. It's so garish and colorful and, and, and just a bit too, I don't know, a bit too overtly sexual, but, uh, as I listen to it more, that like the pop, that like I don't think there's some of the songs on here are the, the most poppy, like weird poppy songs. Not like weird in the same way we were talking about Grimes a couple of years a weeks ago, but they're just so. What's the word? Uh, just quirky. I think the whole thing's quirky. I, the front cover is a toy, like a stuffed toy, and when I listen to it, I can't. I think of like the 15 songs as like each an individual toy that's just really fun to play with, but they're also kind of adult themed which is funny and they have a lot of funny lyrics and uh i like the way they trade off vocals between uh stephen merritt and uh the woman in the band whose name i've forgotten so i think they almost alternate from song to song between the two of them like two different almost like two different lovers singing back and forth to each other which is great and it's a really fun album and it's only half an hour long for 15 songs so you can't really it doesn't overstay it's welcome lots of two minute lovely pop songs highly recommended for me what is it and that go ahead what no i wasn't gonna say anything. um is it like similar i i only the only magnetic fields record that i ever and i i, I don't really love it or anything is is 69 love songs it's the only one i ever really listened to at length and that that i mean you have to listen to that album at length but uh um <laughs> Is it like similar instrumentation? Like I get that, that album's pretty diverse, so it could be anything. Really. Uh, yeah, it's quite similar. Before this album, um, the Magnetic Fields did a trio of albums where they refused to use synthesizers, and then this one was the first one they were, they went back to synthesizers. Hence all the weird bloopy sounds, and like apparently, apparently a lot of the synthesizers they used on this album weren't even invented when they last used synthesizers, which is about ten years ago, I think. Uh, so. So yeah, that really, explains. really modern sounding. Yeah, kind of modern sounding. Yeah, but kind of quite traditional uh, melodies and stuff. Right. Uh, speaking of a modern sounding album, I know we're getting a month ahead of ourselves here, but that new Bear in Heaven album is like the most futuristic album I've ever heard. Have you heard it yet? Yeah, that album's pretty amazing. I love that. Yeah, album. I, lo- I love it. It's amazing. Um, uh, yeah, and- but. You- is it similar type of synth sound? Because that's really synth-y. not not really. That's oh, a okay. bit more. I, I don't know. You just have to hear it. To I'm not very good at explaining it. Yeah. Is that it? And then other than than that, I won't go into detail. But I suggest you check out Bowerbirds and White Rabbits as well. Both amazing. Check I'm out Phil, into, Check out Phil's review of Bowerbirds. Yeah, Phil's review of Bowerbirds will be up. My review of White Rabbits will be up soon as well and we've got interviews with both of those bands too hopefully coming this week or next week Woo-hoo. As, soon, as soon as we transcribe them Sean what have you been listening to I've been listening to this record called Wizard
which is which is spelled W Z R D, which is a sort of an alternative rock collaboration between uh, Kid Cudi and a producer called Dot the Genius, who has produced a couple of like you know has produced some songs with Kid Cudi in the past. But like Kid Cudi's a rapper, and this is more of a uh, sort of spacey rock album. It's have any of you guys listened to it? So it's like them crooked vultures. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, I don't think it's like them crooked vultures at all. But I just uh, hear the word collaboration in rock, and that's all I can think of. <laughs> that's that's a pretty, there's been a lot of collaborations in rock music. So, nope. so it's like a, it's like a space <laughs> rock album. Sort of, yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's 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 basically the kind of if anyone if any, for anyone who's ever listened to Kid Cudi's. Uh, you know, more hip hop oriented music before. It's exactly the kind of rock album you'd expect him to make if if somebody told you he was going to make a rock album. Can you liken it to any other bands? Uh, I haven't spent enough time with it to really. But is come it up with like those kinds of parallels? But like, is it like dubby? You know, like yeah, sort of. Yeah, they, uh, so there are some tracks that are kind of dubby. Okay. He actually whoa, he does whoa, a whoa, cover. Whoa. He does a pretty straightforward cover <laughs> of. That. No, I didn't say dubstep. I said <laughs> like real dub music. No, I know. Right. I couldn't resist. Right, but the, he did. The, he does a cover of uh, the Lead Belly song "Where Did You Sleep Last Night," which is probably most famous for being the being covered by Nirvana on their uh, Unplugged album. It's just a kind of a straightforward cover, but the rest of it is sort of you know a lot of guitars drenched with reverb, a lot of sort of you know seventies sounding synth. Uh, Effects. Is it worth checking out if if you're not a fan of these guys? Or I mean, it's not like it's 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 kind of it's kind of weird zone. It's like it's not something I see myself like listening to with any regularity. But as far as like somebody who's not natively like from that genre taking a foray into a different genre, it's not terrible. Like it doesn't it doesn't it isn't a complete disaster like it could have been. Because Kid Cudi is pretty popular, isn't he? Like, yeah, he is. He is very popular. So maybe this will turn on some some fans. His fans of like different music they might not expect. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, we can hope. Yeah. Sure. If it if it turns him on to something like I don't know what Spaceman Space- Three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anything else about that? Have you been listening to anything else? Uh, that's about it for like new releases lately. I haven't I haven't checked out the new Mars Volta album again. I'm gonna do that soon. I hear that's bad. I'm, I've heard it's that bad as well. Does, it's not, it's not that, does, that doesn't surprise me. That's like <laughs> that's a band that uh, like I don't think they've made a good album since. Uh, I mean, they haven't made a really great album since Francis the Mute, probably. But uh, they, they're just like their first two records are so good, and that, that's just the kind of band that I feel compelled to at least check out anything they put out even though pretty much anything they put out since then hasn't been very good how many albums have they put out since then uh well let's see they have Amputexture uh what was the next Bedlam of Goliath which is basically like all speed metal I, I, I didn't like that one very much and then they put out one a couple of years ago that was actually not as bad as their last couple you lost patience with Weezer a lot quicker than you lost patience with them. You just reminded me of Weezer the way you said their first two albums are so good you'll be willing to check out anything, but I know you don't listen to Weezer's new albums anymore. 
Well, but I was never, I was never as big a Weezer fan when they were first coming out. I didn't get into them until after their music had already. Oh started. yeah, that's fair enough. Whereas the Mars Volta, I was into them when their uh, when their first album came out. Like I remember buying their second album when it did come out, and so I, like they were one of my favorite new bands. And then like so, I've basically seen their descent into Profession, in, in, yeah. Yeah, in real time. But I feel like I should at least check out uh, everything they do put out. Eric, what have you been listening to? I've been listening to the new Andrew Bird album called Break It Yourself. And uh, it's an Andrew Bird album, for better or worse. Probably for better, because it's a good album. But uh, it's definitely very birdie. Um, Haven't you guys been listening to it? Yeah, I've listened to it a little bit. Oh, that's uh, right. You just started your foray into Andrew Bird. Yeah, but unlike, I'm kind of in the same situation with Andrew Bird as I was in with the Magnetic Fields, and that I like, I'm vaguely familiar with their back catalogue, but I was hoping for the new album to help me get into them. And with the Magnetic Fields, it worked perfectly. With this Andrew Bird record, it hasn't worked at all. I'm just... I just lost interest completely. I found this album it's, pretty boring. Yeah, it's kind of... Well, it's not boring, but it's very middle of the road. Like, if you're not a fan of Andrew Bird, you're probably not really going to be into this. Like, it's not... Like, if somebody's like, I should... You know, I want to listen to Andrew Bird. Like, I'd hand him um, probably, like, I don't know, Armchair... Apo- what is it? Armchair... Apocrypha. Apocrypha. Yeah, that's what it is. I always pronounce that wrong. Um, I'd probably hand him that, and that's a really great album that does a lot of different things that's slightly outside of just like violin and, and whistling, you know. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Break It Yourself is, is good. It has its moments. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of Weather Systems, which is one of his older albums. It's a little more like kind of drifty and not like jammy, but just in the sense that it seems like he's experimenting on the spot and he kind of just did it in one take and he's like, all right. Like that's it. Like that's what that's what you're getting. Versus yeah. like some of his other albums, like Armchair, like Mysterious Eggs, which are a little more poppy, a little more like sound like you know like singles kind of. Um, so yeah, yeah, I guess that's what I have to say about it. Um, Annie Clark's on it, aka Saint Vincent. Yeah, nice. yeah. Um, I've seen Annie Clark and Andrew Bird crop up together a lot. I think those two are hooking up. That'd be, that'd be a cute couple, yeah. Yeah. That'd be very cute. Um, he's I've, seen at least, I've seen at least three videos of those two together now on separate occasions. And she's on his album. So that's just a theory. That's just that's just indie gossip. You heard it here first. Andrew Bird, Annie Clark banging, <laughs> doing the thing. But um, yeah, it's good. If you like Andrew Bird, you should listen to it. If you like just sort of... If you like music to study to... <laughs> or like have on no I'm serious like if you like music to like study to or like have on in the background um I think it's really good but it's not any it's, it's not anything you're gonna like sit down and listen to intently more than once or twice it's like an hour long too right yeah it's not a it's not a long album a lot of the songs are at least oh an four. hour long is long oh what did I what did I say I thought you said it's not a long album oh sorry no no it's not a it's, it's not short sorry yeah, a lot of the songs are like over four minutes. There's one that's upwards of like seven or eight minutes, I think. And yeah. yeah, we gave it a seventy-nine. 
So just because Ray is a, Ray is a huge fan, we should just. I think that's probably fair. It's very well done. I mean, I think I think there should be two scores, like seventy nine if you're already an Andrew Bird fan, and if you're not, more like a sixty or. Well, this goes back to the Beach House thing, right? Like yeah, exactly. That's why this whole thing is pointless. Let's just call it off. Song like a ten percent, whereas somebody who loves Beach House is going to give it like a hundred and ten percent. You've got a track if you have to new Beach House. We're critics though, so we have to. We have to Everybody's be, a critic. You know, um, unmerciful about our That's taste. True. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 sadly it's forgettable because I want to love everything Andrew Bird does, and I pretty much have. Even like his weird little like B side album he put out with Noble Beast, uh, that was even good. I even like that. But yeah, this break it yourself. Forget about it. <laughs> so, Will, what have you been listening to? Uh, I've been listening to uh, Julia Holter's uh, new album, and I think you pronounce it uh, Ecstasies. I just call it ecstasis, is what I say. I, uh, yeah, it might as well be, but, like, I think it's a play on ecstasy. Um, anyway. What do you know about ecstasy, Will? Oh, I know all, you need some? I can get you some. (laughs) If you want, no, just Yeah, ecstasis is the Greek word for ecstasy, so there you go. (laughs) We're both right. Um. Shout out Evan Kaloudis, our boss. Yeah, and that's his initials, the first two letters, E-K. There you go, you look. Our Crazy. boss? That could be his... Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're right. Um, and I, I, I love this album a lot. Um, I, I, uh, her first album, Tragedy, was one of my, which was also a reference to, uh, what, I, Greek, Greek stuff. It was a reference to Greek stuff, but specifically the, uh, Euripides play, uh, Ecstasy. No, 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 I'm talking about her first album. Uh, I don't know. I, there's some, look it up, there's some backstory stuff. Wait, yeah, before we get into her album, what's, what's her backstory? Where's she from? What, I mean... She's from LA, I think, and she... She's from LA? Yeah. I would not have guessed that listening to this album. It doesn't sound like an LA album at all. No, it doesn't. And, um, she, I mean, her background is just, like, music school... You know, classically trained, I think. Yeah, classically trained, you can guess that from... Um... Yeah. And, um... And the thing I want to say about... Her first album was, like, one of my favorites from last year. And it was... I really liked it. It had this sort of ambient sensibility. Um, and, you know, a lot of field recordings. A lot of sort of crackling textures. Just meandering around. Like, songs... You know, you could you could not pay attention to, you know, the, the track listing. And it would feel just like these pop songs cropping up between these sort of ambient stretches. And I, I love that kind of stuff, especially field recordings. I love sort of that, you know, the tactile nature of sounds and that, that album paid like really close attention to that sort of sensibility. And this one is different in that it's very much just, you know, it, uh, songs from, from start of the, from the start of a, of a track to the end is just, you know, it's just a regular kind of album. And, um, which is weird, because to me, I, I really like the, the first one for that sort of immersive experience, and this is much more, you pay more attention to the, the songwriting versus just the whole thing washing over you. And 
it's great because the the songwriting is pretty phenomenal, phenomenal. I I think, and it it's very sort of left field in that you know there it it isn't really structured around pop music, but it still has this pop inflection. Um, really great hooks, kind of just cropping up here and there, and uh, and overall the album has a really kind of eclectic uh, instrumental instrument palette and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I I love I love this kind of stuff. It's sort of ambient and has drone influence, has jazz, sort of world music, um, all these influences from everywhere. Um, chamber music, I, I would I would call I guess would be the easiest thing to call this, but sort of a modern take on that, sort of a bedroom musician take on that. And yeah, it's it's probably it's up there, probably my favorite record of the year so far. I don't know. I haven't really decided on that, but. What did uh, has anybody else listened to it? Yeah, I have. I've listened to it a couple times, but it seems like the kind of thing that uh, it hasn't really sunk in yet. But it seems it seems like, at least on the surface, it seems like the kind of thing that I'll like once I you know spend more time with it. Yeah, it's a it's an album that kind of will grow on you. I think when you when you sort of get the pop beats down, those hit really hard once once they kind of are familiar. Which I, I really like about it is it's cool. Um, yeah. It hasn't come. It takes. It takes- it takes a few listens to get familiar, though. I mean, yeah. first, even up to like the third or fourth time, I wasn't crazy about it, but now I'm really starting to get into it, like, listen to it more, which is cool. It's a challenging uh, album. Like, it's not an accessible surprisingly challenge. Surprisingly challenging, I thought. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't expecting it, especially because a lot of people refer to it as pop. I wasn't expecting it to be yeah. avant-garde pop. It's not. But. It's like it's not really pop at all. It's really experimental, but it has those those hooks that kind of come up here and there, which I I think people are are you know going out of their way to call it pop. I think for that reason. Uh, and she is playing live for the first time ever this week, isn't she? No, I don't think for the first time. Maybe as her, oh, as but, like no, her, first time in New York. That's what it was. Yeah. Sorry. I don't, it's not such a big deal, but I'd be interested. I just want to say I'd be interested to see what she does live. I mean, do you think she has a band? Yeah, that's a good question because, especially this, like her first record was a little bit more like electronic. Still had a lot of live instrumentation, but this one is there's a lot of you know live drums and and a lot of live bass and yeah, I think she would need a band, don't you? A lot of these yeah. songs you couldn't play by yourself. There's a lot of texture to the album, so like backing tracks really wouldn't cut it, right? Yeah, but I could see them doing that if if they're like low on, if they're trying to keep it low budget or something. And the songs are they sound like played, you know? They don't sound like. I mean, I know she she recorded it all herself, but um, you could convince me that like she had a full band because it it sounds really almost improvised in some places. Yeah, Eric, what, did you listen to this at all? No, I've heard good things from everybody that's listened to it, but I don't have much to add to the topic because I just I haven't heard this album. I've been listening to some other stuff lately. I so I'm not a good ju- judge of your music taste, but I think you'd like the first one a lot. Nobody is. Eric is impossible to judge. Oh yeah, but yeah. I, I, I like I like dad rock that's not Wilco, <laughs> and then I like funky disco. <laughs> that does not describe this uh this album yeah. at all. <laughs> I like Sunny in the Sunsets and uh L C D sound system. 
those are the two bands that you like? That's it. Just Sunny and the Sunsets <laughs> and just LCD Sound System. And then Beck. You like Beck, too. That oh, I love cool. the Beck. Rob and I had a bonding moment over Beck the other night. When's Beck going to put out another album? Hopefully soon. He's added some dates. Because I really like Modern Guild. Yeah, Modern Guild is good, man. Like a lot of not, uh, not a lot of people still talk about that album, but I thought it was solid. Yeah, yeah I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was good too. When when did so, that album come out? Like oh eight. Oh eight, yeah. So, so is was his last thing that Charlotte Gainsbourg album? Was that? Uh, yeah, yeah, but that he was pretty count. involved in that. I think maybe. Oh, and he did Scott Pilgrim too, right? And he did that record club yeah. thing that was like oh yeah he did that did for a while do, did he do scott pilgrim i thought the songs on scott pilgrim were just a cover of beck songs maybe no 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 he wrote he wrote songs for it definitely. oh did he okay oh yeah okay. He, he did because there were a couple of them were like covers and and stuff like that too so i wasn't sure uh, yeah he definitely no he definitely wrote some songs for it i have been listening to beck a lot lately for what it's worth i always listen to beck I'm so excited to see him at sasquatch this year good thing about beck is you can you can hear all different kinds of music and not have to not have like a, a jarring uh, change between them because you're still listening to the same person. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's really diverse. Like, yeah. Startingly so. Um, anything else? Does any... Anybody... I've been listening, I, I, can I throw one in just for... I don't want to talk about it in depth because I know nobody else has heard it. But I do have a review going up for this album very soon called K. It's by this band called Cage and Aviary. Aviary, like mm-hmm. Aviary as in bird. <laughs> but um, it's um, from these two like producers slash DJs slash like people who run record labels. Um, they're they're from London. It's kind of just like dance rock, disco stuff. Kind of like stuff I like. And it's really good. Um, they put out a couple singles. A few years ago, they put out one on DFA Records actually, like three or four years ago. So they got a lot of coverage then. People might have heard of it, but their like debut album finally came out last week. So that's exciting. Um, it's really good. You should check out my review when it runs. Is that um, on BPM that it's running? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, the name of the album is Migration. It's um, it's just really good. Like if you like Lindstrom or you like like Jack Rose Renault. Or um, you know, people like that. It's 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 kind of like slightly experimental, but just like really really well done dance music. DFA style. Yeah, kind not not really. I mean, this isn't on DFA. They put out a single on that a long time ago. But um, no, it, it's it's not necessarily like if you like stuff on DFA, you'll like it. But it's it's very well done. I'll it's it probably out. it's it's one of my favorite albums of the year so far. Like, the more and more I listened to it, the more and more I started to enjoy it a lot more than other stuff I'd heard this year that sort of falls into that same category. Um, like, you know, um, like the Jock, or not Jock, like the Lindstrom album. And like that, that, what's that other one we were talking about in accordance to Lindstrom? Todd Turge. Yeah, 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 Todd Turge, and, and even like Etal. It's not really the same as like Etal at all. Well, s- sort of, yes and no, but... Um, I don't know. So it's like house disco, yeah, music. Um, I've also been listening to the new Mono Lake album, which I know no one has listened to on this podcast. But Mono Lake, yeah, he's a uh, like single lake. Sure, 
yeah, that, maybe that's what I mean. I don't, I've never put much thought into his name. One um, Lake. One Lake. But he's a German <laughs> German minimal techno producer. Came out with this eighth album. He's kind of a, a sort of a titan, I guess you could call you could call him. Um, and it's really good. I won't I won't go in depth because it, it's very much a monolake album. Um, but check it out if you if you like that kind of thing. Who does he um, sound like? Who does it sound like? Who does One Tree sound like? One Tree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what is it? Mono Lake? Mono Tree? I can't remember. He's like chain reaction type stuff, like dub techno. But like he's, uh, he's like wub. What? Like wub wub? I don't think no. Probably not. I don't know who that is. No, like wub wub, like that kind of dub. No, 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 no. Okay, dub techno, not. I'm just making sure. Dubstep. God damn just it. Just to clarify, you know. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh and yeah, anybody he's he's added some kind of bass music touches here and there, aggressive sort of drums and and stuff. What stuff. label is this on? Uh I think it's Imbalance Computer Music. It's his own label. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I've never He he you know Ableton Live, right? Yeah. Yeah, he he invent he helped invent that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So he's sort of a technical kind of software producer. Sweet. Um, but yeah, if you like that kind of thing, check it out. It's it's. I think it's one of his best albums. Um, he's pretty consistent, but I think it's one of his his better albums. Um, and then I've also been listening to uh, Paul Bearer, which is this doom metal album that it's kind of I'm kind of tripping over my feet uh, how much I love it. Uh, um, and I wrote I wrote a little thing on our uh, on our uh, staff blog about it just. My own thoughts, but I don't. We don't really cover metal, so we're not going to review it. I don't think. I don't understand why we don't cover metal. Like, if we, I mean, do we just not have people who want to review it? Because did we have, or did we ever make a conscious decision not to cover metal? No, I well, just it's co- kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing because it's not something we cover. So thus, covering it, you, you, you know, I mean, well, I don't well know. Offici- officially, we cover everything. I every week I say if there's something you want to cover that's not on the assignment list, send me an email. So. Perfectly, perfectly free to email me and say, "Can I cover this metal art? We just don't get people covering that. So. Right. And I mean, it's kind of been. It, I mean, Pitchfork gave it best in music because uh, Brandon Susie kind of gave us some props. And uh, oh, Brandon, Brandon was the owner who wrote that review. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, uh, I didn't read it. I, did, I saw the little excerpt and everything, but yeah, it's really good. It. It's really, 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 really good. It's one. I mean, I I listen to like I used to listen to doom metal pretty religiously, but I've sort of gotten away from that. Um, and I listen to maybe like four doom records a year. I try I try to make a conscious effort, but it's such an impenetrable scene to have your year two that it's just it, you have to kind of go to the gatekeepers, I guess, to find out what's good. But what's the name of this dude again? Or guys, I suppose it is. Uh, Paul Bear. The album's called. Uh, what is it called? Um, it's called something. Uh, Sorrow and Dist- Extinction, and uh, it's like it's like sort of melodic doom, but not poppy at all. Just kind of sort of seventies prog, sort of melodic, and that sort of like King Crimson almost sense of melody. Um, and it's really accessible. I think the the vocals are clean and, and soaring, and uh, 
it's still, but it's still really doomy and, and heavy riffing and stuff like that. So, cool. if you like that kind of music, also check that out. Um, but I think that's about it. We talked. We, there were a lot of albums this week, even though I think that came out last week. Anything else that anybody wants to mention? Um, I hope everybody has a good time in South by Southwest. I know it's not album related, but we're just talking in general. Yeah, Eric wants to talk about how no one goes to South by Southwest to discover music anymore. Which I think is kind of true, actually. It's kind of become a bit Somebody's too read my tweets. big now. Well, no, you put it on the bloody thing. Oh, I did? Oh, yeah, I probably well, did. Oh, did. yeah, I did. Yeah, well, it's true. Nobody does. Everybody Next week, I am only... G- Everybody wants to go I- there and see Jay-Z and Jesus and Mary Chain and not there to, like, discover music. Which That's a good point, actually. Yeah, my rule for next week is that I'm only going to see bands I've never seen before. Really? You should go see Buffalo Moon. Shout out to my boys, Buffalo Moon. We're going to go see The Men, though. Yeah, I've never seen The Men, so like, they're in the... Oh, I see. The... Yeah, I guess that's but, like, what you meant. Never everybody just like shits of. their pants to go see like the fatter for it and stuff, and it's just... Oh, it's god-awful. Yeah, it's not... It's the kinda... fatter for it's fader. I don't fucking care what it's called. That's how I pronounce it. I don't work there. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> F-A-D-E-R. Who do you ever talk to that has to say that out loud? They Eric, why are you getting so upset about this? Paper, or type it out. I don't All fucking right. know how to pronounce it. They, but yeah. They had, the that fatal. was like when Odd Future, that's when everyone went crazy. They were, yeah, they but the that. point is, people line up around five different blocks to go to that, and it's just all a bunch of bands everybody knows already. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm I, sure I'm going to end up breaking my rule anyway, because I have some friends who are playing on, uh, you know, uh, showcases with bands I've seen before, but I want to go to anyway. Like, I want to, like, We Listen For You is one. I can't say who's playing, but uh, I want to see all those bands you've never seen them before. I think I'm going to go see the Friends of Friends showcase, because I, I like shlomo a lot and they're kind of doing good work um, have you uh have you rsvp'd yeah awesome and the what else sacred bones is doing a, uh a i don't know what it is it's like a video showcase i guess they're doing some kind of video work for their bands like zola jesus and the men and pop 1280 who we've kind of talked about and uh that could be cool. I don't know. It, I, that's kind of what I want to go for is is to see these sort of showcases and yeah. There are, there are way too many good showcases. I wouldn't be yeah, able to really decide. <laughs> that's exactly. I don't want to make a schedule. I just want to wander around. I don't want to see any hip hop groups though. That's my goal. <laughs> no hip hop. No hip hop. Why? Why are you against hip hop? You guys should go to I'm taking the. A side. You guys no, should I'm go not. to the underwater peoples slash moon glyph. Showcase. What's what's there? That? Um, so from from Moonglyph, you have Buffalo Moon, who are like seriously one of my favorite bands. They're super amazing, and then Twerps and Spectrum. What, what kind of music? Buffalo Moon. Um, they're like a jammy hippie, like psychedelic rock band. Their lead singer is from originally from Ecuador, I think. Um, but it's like really sexy pop music basically with like crazy instruments and lots of different stuff. They're really amazing. Like, no, I, I actually highly recommend they see them. But then from underwater peoples, you have people like Liam, the younger and prisms, um, or young prisms and Xander uh, Harris. 
Julian Lynch? No, Liam the Younger. Yeah, well, Julian, isn't Julian, Julian, what? Isn't, he, isn't Julian Lynch on Underwater Peoples or not? Am I getting yeah. that wrong? Well, I don't he's think just, he's technically like on their label, but he's put out stuff on Underwater Peoples, but he's not playing this showcase now. Uh, that's a shame. I'm always skeptical but, yeah. of music described as sexy. No, it's it's sexy and good. <laughs> what is but, that? Uh, I'll send you some stuff. Don't worry. Hook you up real fat. I'm not worrying. Stop um, working, Will. <laughs> um, what else? I, I've i only looked like the beginning of the week, so I know some brain feeder artists are going to be there. But uh... You guys, so this is a question for Rob and Will. What internet celebrities, a.k.a. bloggers, are you most excited to meet at South by Southwest? None. I want to meet Anthony Fantana. That's a big one. I honestly want to steer clear of that side of things. Like, what? Do I meet other bloggers? Yeah, I don't want to meet anyone. Why? Are you nervous? <laughs> no, I just, I, I don't know. I hate. Twitter. Are you not worthy? Let's just say I hate Twitter now. Why? What happened? Will? I don't know. What happened? I just will had it. a bad experience. What happened? <laughs> Did you uh, see something bad about Gorilla vs. Bear and Chris tried to cut your dick off? No, no. It was just like a culmination of just feeling like everything is is negative. The the, the yes. feedback loop between myself yes. and Twitter is just like yes. this constant loop of negativity. And it's just yes. like... Yeah, I went through that a while ago and now it's it's literally just pure comedy for me. Like, I know I'm a giant troll, but like... Now I'm like a double giant troll on there, like because it <laughs> just pissed me off, and like it frustrated me to all to all ends, and like I didn't want to do what I was doing anymore because I saw all these people that were like big shots at all these different sites that are just fucking wretched human beings. But now I just now I just laugh at it. No, well, my point is I'm I want to organically meet people. I don't want to meet people because of who they are on Twitter or who, what they you know. Their internet personality, essentially. Yeah. People, people organic, are trying to jerk each other off that it's often hard to discover a new band that's exciting. Yeah. Does me introducing to people count as organic? <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it, you have to tell me their Twitter handle, and then I'll decide. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's how much you should, people should just like movie. have name tags where they say their <laughs> name and their Twitter handle. That, I'm I sure could, that's not that far away. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, just like print that on their passes or something. Oh, that's like exactly what I don't want it to be. That's the opposite. Although I did get kind of excited when I had some people message me on Twitter and say they were sad that I wasn't going. It kind of felt worthwhile. I was like, oh, somebody likes me. Yeah, but I was <laughs> sad that you don't know, like you. Yeah, but like outside, you're not going. like obviously going either, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, not, not going. No, you guys would want to hang out, but like other people, I just want to like run around and and see stuff. There's so much cool stuff going on, man. It's such yeah. a cool event, you know. It's a, it's it's not, you know, it's not like other festivals where you're kind of in the pit of it all. You kind of just have total freedom to run around and do whatever. Yeah, which I like. Anyway, uh, let's let's wind this down with uh, some some plugs for the site. Um, we set up a, a staff blog. Uh, Sean, do you want to you want to talk about that? Yeah, uh, we have this new 
blog on the site now called the Metronome that uh, is basically for you know if something is not enough of a, like a big news story to like a strictly news story to be posted under news if it's not long enough to be a feature if it doesn't fall under the album reviews it's basically just for our staff to post you know whatever they feel like posting just sort of like a more opinionated take on the news of the week or you know an older music video or song that they've been watching lately with just sort of a little thing about it just sort of whatever people want to do it's it's something i'm pretty excited about uh something that i pushed you know behind the scenes to get to happen and uh so far people seem to like it and i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what we can do with it in the future yeah i think we're all excited about it, it gives us it gives us a place to write stuff that's more candid yeah more you know flexibility. more a little more opinionated too like you know it gives us i don't know it's cool i like it yeah i like it um like colin did a piece about run dmt which we we didn't cover, and I think it's cool. Like that's what I'm excited about it for is like we we can sort of just like shoot the shit about music that we, you know we discovered you know six months late or a year late or and just right kinda... without having without having the pressure of oh this is our official review we right have exactly to be... yeah it's cool and uh, for the yeah. record I I wanted to review that Run DMT album <laughs> really what, what stopped me. you um I don't know you guys don't like it when I talk about cassettes. Because it's a cassette it only. came out on cassette. Yeah, it's cassette only. What What is that album? I've I've heard it. It's had some buzz, but I don't even know what it sounds like. I well, okay. The guy has DMT in his name. Yeah, it's kind of a. It and sounds like, like a chill wave, you know. And he's like, yeah, he like pretty sure he lives in like Brooklyn and stuff, so you can pretty much imagine it's not chill wave as much as it is just like, I don't just half bad, but also like half incredibly amazing, it's like psych music. Kind of like kind of hard rocky, not like hard rock, but like is grungy kind of. It's kind of grungy at points, I guess. And I don't know. It's it's really good. I love Run DMT a lot. Like I'm I'm a huge fan of his stuff. But uh, there's a, yeah, there's a plug for that. Go go read Colin's piece. Um, yeah. So go check out the Metronome. I, I like that's a really cool. Whoever came up with that name, that's a, it's a good name. That was me. Good, good job. Yeah, that was that was way good. You you, tell them where you can find it. Uh, go beastperminute.com slash metronome, or or it's at the top of the homepage at staff blog. Yeah, we yeah. should plug our uh, merchandise too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. put that on the outline. Yeah. Um. So we got we got t-shirts, hats, stickers. What's up with that? Hats or snapbacks. Yeah, what is up with that? that? That's because that's what the cool kids are wearing these days. Yo, capitalism. Yo, new era. You keep your new era sticker on there. You'll be cool. Kids will like you. Um, yeah, basically that's it. Buy our shit. I've got to go. Where are you going, Rob? I want to go watch the end of the Clippers game. All right. Oh, oh I like this. Getting into basketball. I'm. 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 I approve of this development. <laughs> yeah, I went. I went to. I went to Staples Center last week. Seen these oh, against wow. the for which for which game? The Timberwolves yeah, kicked their ass. The oh yeah, man! Lost, like, uh, so that's been the podcast. Speaking of the Timberwolves, um, quick shout out to Minnesota next... Timberwolves. Who be <laughs> join us next week. Shut up about the Timberwolves <laughs> so we can finish this podcast. Uh, <laughs> everybody, say goodbye. We'll see you next week. Bye. See you guys.